0: Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Looking for a simple, delicious, nutritional, low-calorie snack made without artificial sweeteners? Well, look no further than simply protein, the brainchild of Kathy Richards, who was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at age 12 and who struggled to find a snack that didn't upset her stomach. Linda Zink, my guest today, is one of the women who is part of the female founded Simply Protein team. She's Senior Vice President, Innovation. Some background about Linda she spent six years at Atkins Nutritionals, where she was instrumental in developing new products and bringing them to market as well as reformulating current products. In 2017, Atkins joined forces with Conyers Park Acquisition Corporation to become the Simply Good Foods company. Kathy's Simply Protein brand, which originated in Canada and is now based in Colorado, is one of its newest ventures. Linda spearheaded the reformulation and expansion in the U.S. of Simply Protein products, which are gluten-free, dairy-free, non-GMO, vegan, and include... Crispy bars, baked bars, and crunchy bites. With a career in the consumer packaged goods arena, Linda has also worked at White Wave Foods, Kellogg, Bath and Body Works, and the Clorox Company. She has a BBA and MBA from the University of Michigan. So Linda, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So Linda, when you were going to college and intent on pursuing a career, did you ever think that you would get into the quote food business?
1: You know, I didn't. Uh, It's uh, an interesting story in that uh, when I went to college, I was actually an art major and I was interested in everything. So I took classes in philosophy and economics and quite honestly, I always thought I would have my own business, never work for a big company and, you know, be in that artistic area And on a whim, I decided to apply to the business school at the University of Michigan and got in. And since I got in, I was like, well, now I have to go. (laughs) And I actually really discovered that, you know, marketing business has a very creative element to it. And... You know, I didn't start out in the food industry, so that actually evolved over time, but I really just fell in love with marketing.
0: I've never thought of business, people may attack me for this, as being particularly creative. You know, it's buy low, sell high, and you need to make a profit. (laughs) And I think there are aspects of business that are definitely like that,
1: but if you think about developing new products, it really is about understanding what consumers are looking for. And... You know, consumers are great in telling you what they want. They're not always great in articulating how they want it or uh-huh. how they need it and how they want it delivered to them. So it's a lot of exploration. It's a lot of asking questions in different ways and looking at their behavior. Uh, so there is a creative element there in terms of how you actually deliver against their bonds and needs. And with Simply Protein, I think there's great examples there and you can deliver low sugar and protein in a lot of different ways, but ultimately people want it to taste really good. So it's working with food scientists to develop things that actually deliver on that consumer need in a way that people want to buy and they want to buy again and they enjoy it. So there definitely is a creative element there.
0: So when you got your MBA, And you were kind of feeling maybe the world could be your oyster. What was your first post-graduate school job? My first
1: post-graduate school, I actually had quite a few jobs. That um, right out of grad school, I went and worked for Ameritech, which if you remember, I'm dating myself here, but it was one of the baby bells. And um, there I did a lot of of work with the sales force, actually helping them figure out how to sell yellow pages, which I'm not even sure people use anymore. (laughs) Um, And then actually right after that, I went to my first stint in the food industry, which was at Wendy's. It was really interesting, again, my first stint in the food industry and really understanding that, you know, quick service restaurant consumer. And, you know, that was right in the midst of the burger wars between McDonald's, um, Burger King and Wendy's. And it was fascinating trying to figure out how to improve the menu, uh, what products should stay on the menu, what products should come off the menu. And... uh, then I just fell in love with with um, working in the consumer packaged area.
0: What year was that?
1: That was mid nineties.
0: So you had a relatively important, high power job at Wendy's. You know, I would say I was I was
1: mid management at Wendy's. I uh, was working in what they called their market research area. So. Working with the food developers, working with the brand managers to figure out what the menu should look like, how we should price things. Uh, again, what should come on the menu? What should go off the menu? I was the one who suggested that spicy chicken sandwich be there year round instead of a in-and-out addition, and I was able to get that through. So I was there for about a year and a half, and interesting, learned a lot, and took a, a leap and went to Bath & Body Works following that in terms of a very analytical job. And then I ended at Kellogg's after that, where I really got into innovation, food development, and uh, new products.
0: I would be remiss if I didn't ask the obvious question. How many females were working with you, or did you work with? You know,
1: uh, Wendy's It was definitely very Mm -hmm. male-driven. There were a handful of women in different positions within the company, but it was very male-driven
0: at the time. You know, it's just so funny. It's such an obnoxious comment on my part. But there should have been more women in a company named after a woman, for God's sake. You know,
1: you know, it, it would make sense. And I believe today it looks very different than it did in the 90s, as I
0: think most companies do. Well, you'd like to think there's been some evolving, for heaven's sake. So you would have stayed at Wendy's or did you have a little wanderlust? I definitely
1: have some wanderlust and I think, you know, when I think back on my career, it was definitely not a straight path. It was never, Oh, I want to be here in five years or I want to be here in 20 years. I very much have wandered in and out of things. I've tried different um, aspects of business. I've loved some and I've not loved others. So for example, when I went to Bath and body works, great company, fun products, The job wasn't creative. It was very analytical. It was good for me in terms of it built my analytic skills and my ability to look at a business and understand what was working and wasn't working, but it really did lack that creative element. And um, I was there about a year, a little over a year, when the opportunity at Kellogg's came up. So I definitely do have wanderlust. And where I found I've been the most successful and stayed somewhere is. The company has a culture that likes to challenge people and likes to give them opportunities. So I did have several, like one to two year stints at different companies. Then all of a sudden I get to a company like White Wave and senior management looked and said, hey, you actually could be doing X, Y, and Z. Why don't you do this? So I was there for about seven years, but I actually had three very different jobs. So definitely kept me engaged. I kept learning and kept moving up in the organization.
0: I don't know what White Way Foods is. Can you describe that company? Sure. White Way Foods, um, you know their brand. So when
1: I joined, it was three companies had just come together, Silk Soy Milk and Horizon Organic Dairy Milk and International Delight Coffee Creamer.
0: Oh, okay. When you were transitioning from one job to another, You had that freedom to move around, I would assume that you were not just going down the block from companies. You were going out of state. I made a couple moves, yes. So
1: started out in Michigan and then Wendy's and Bath and Body Works are both in Columbus, Ohio. At that time I was not married and didn't have children. And I'm no longer married, but when I was married my husband was able to move with me. So I did make some moves. I went from Columbus back to Battle Creek, Michigan. Then I went across the country to Oakland, California when I was working at at,
0: at Clorox. You know, you made the comment about Kellogg and challenge. What did you mean by that? When you think of a company that's been around for so long and so big in the market, what challenges was a company faced with?
1: I think the biggest challenge there, and at many companies, especially food companies today, is how do you grow? So, you know, with the population growing at a very small percentage or basically flat. How do food companies grow? People aren't eating more. So how do you bring new products to the market that are really gonna engage them that aren't just gonna cannibalize your existing products that are on the market? I think every company faces that challenge. Some are definitely more aggressive about it than others. And with Kellogg's, it was such an interesting opportunity because it was a global company. And they've gone through so many changes. But if you think about that aisle, that aisle is a destination. Um, Most people have some type of cereal in their home. Correct. And how do you make it new and interesting? How do you create new products that, that really bring people in? And it was an interesting environment in that it was very much about diversity. They had a very strong diversity component as well as education, you know, helping their employees
0: grow. Well, that's a real positive. So is Atkins nutritional as in the Dr. Atkins diet? It is with the Dr. Atkins program. So definitely. I mean, that was huge back in the day. Yes. Yes. That's the
1: reaction that most people have is, oh, really? Is that is that related to the Atkins diet? And I joined in, let's see, 2013, And it's really been quite an evolution. So if you think about the challenge that I mentioned about food companies growing, Atkins has been growing consistently every year since I joined and really taking a different approach. So the whole idea is eating low carb is better for you. And the population, most people agree with that now. The latest statistic I saw was around 73% of people in the U.S. are watching their carbs or sugar. Now, maybe not all the way to a really low level, but everyone's like, yeah, I should probably eat less sugar. I should probably eat fewer carbs. And Atkins has really evolved their approach to reflect how people want to eat and helping them make it easier to make lower-carb choices. So it really is about a lifestyle. Uh huh. And within that, you know, if you want to lose weight, great. If you want to be healthier, great. We can help you.
0: And that really flew the company because, as I mentioned in the introduction, it joined forces with this Conyers Park Acquisition Corporation, right. which leads us, obviously, to the Simply Good Foods Company because Atkins thought that this marriage made the most sense. Definitely. Definitely.
1: And with Simply Protein,
0: it's just a great
1: brand that really delivers on what people are looking for. And it's not as low-carb as Atkins. It just helps people eat healthier. But again, delivering really delicious products.
0: You know, I want to just digress for just a second because in my own very unscientific survey, I have noticed recently many more large sized men and women and i've been thinking a lot about this you know do we call somebody who is large sized overweight because to me the ubiquity of big people is something that strikes me and i'm wondering if you can weigh in on that no pun intended <laughs> pun intended you know i think the way that people
1: think about it now is you want to be healthy and generally, weight is a component of being healthy. And of course, no one wants to fat shame and no one wants to look at somebody and say, oh, you need to lose weight. Right. And so the way that we think about it is whatever your internal goals are, your personal objectives are, we can help you get there. And most people in the U.S. will tell you they want to lose weight. Now, they might not be in a diet. They just want to try to incorporate um, healthier habits, and low-carb is definitely one of those.
0: So talk about the birth of Simply Protein. As I said, again, in the introduction, that this was the brainchild of of Kathy Richards, and we can't all ignore the fact that this is a female-oriented company. And so how did all of this kind of come together and you get involved as well? Basically, Atkins, we were looking at,
1: are there great brands out there that we should look to partner with and uh, ultimately acquire? And Simply Protein was a brand in Canada that was very well-established, and it had a strong sense of purpose, very much aligning with what Atkins' purpose is, which is, how do you help people make better choices when they're eating? And what we loved about Simply Protein is it checks so many boxes for what people are looking for, whether it be a woman, a man, or a, a mother for her children, in that it's, it's really clean ingredients. It's got a good amount of protein. It's got fiber. It's plant-based. It's gluten-free. So it checks all those boxes, but it also tastes really good. Now, we did tweak the products a little bit for the U.S. Palate made it a little bit stronger flavors and a little bit sweeter, but again, naturally sweetened and brought it to the U.S. And it's really been doing quite well. We're really pleased with it.
0: Did Kathy Richards at some point see her company expanding outside of Canada to this massive market, which is the United States?
1: Yes. You know, they were already making strides in bringing it over the border. (laughs) And generally it was the you know, attached cities or the close-by cities, so the New York, um, the, you know, upper Northeast, but it was starting to make some inroads and you could find it in airports in Baltimore um, before Atkins um, and the Simply Good Food Company acquired it. And they also had a presence in Texas. So they were starting to make some inroads in the United States already. And we just, with our scale, with our sales force, were able to accelerate that.
0: How did you do that? How do you spearhead the reformulation and expansion and tell it to somebody who has absolutely no clue how to do that? Well, I'll start with the
1: reformulation and then we can talk expansion. From a reformulation standpoint, it's actually pretty simple. We just have people taste it. So we find people who are in the target market that we're looking for because not everyone in the United States is watching their sugar. Not everyone is reading labels. So we talked to people who really care about the same things we care about, and we gave them a product, and we asked them very simply, how much do you like this? Would you buy it? And it did well, but they had a lot of suggestions for improvement. So we pulled in our R&D team, our food scientists, and they basically went to work making different variations. So one of our flavors is just a lemon flavor. And in the U.S., they wanted it a little sweeter, a slightly different lemon profile, and a little bit of stronger flavor. Mm -hmm. So we worked worked with consumers and we just went back and forth and said, okay, how do you like this one now? Is this one better? And we did that until we got to what we call a good hedonic score. So in food science, we often work on what we call a nine-point hedonic scale, where one is you hate something and you probably are going to spit it out, and nine is you absolutely love something. We don't launch things until they get to a seven, okay. which is a really good food score. So we want people to like what they're eating. I I always feel bad when I, I talk to someone. And they're like, oh, well, I eat this, you know, I eat product X. And I kind of choke it down because I know it's good for me. Uh We want people who really enjoy the product and become advocates because, again, it it meets all their criteria and it tastes good so that they are actually giving it to their friends and their neighbors and their family. So from a reformulation standpoint, it really is that simple that we set up the guardrails from a nutrition standpoint, what we want the product to be, and then we work to make it taste as good as it can possibly taste.
0: So you have a test kitchen where you were tweaking all the time? We
1: absolutely do, yes.
0: And where was that test kitchen? In Canada or here? That actually is in Denver. So our headquarters are in Denver
1: and we have an R and D office that's in Louisville, Colorado.
0: So you've reformulated the company and then you're going to talk about expanding it. So you have that under your belt. We've got the product and it's really delicious. Now we got to get it out there. Now you've got to get it out there.
1: So basically, it's going to our retail partners and explaining to them why they need simply protein on the shelf. What does it do that the products that are already there aren't doing? And for simply protein it's it's pretty simple, no pun intended, in that <laughs> it fills this white space where it's Clean, but it's also low sugar. There's a lot of, of bars that are clean, they have few ingredients, but they tend to be high sugar. Does that include Kind bars? Um, you know, Kind actually has some products that are lower sugar in um, their nuts and spices line, but some of their products actually do have quite a bit of sugar in them. And then there's this other set that tends to be high protein, long ingredient list, more workout based. But there's this space in the middle where it's like, you know, we want some protein. We don't need extreme amounts. Uh, we want something that has a nice clean label, but lower sugar. So it fits right in that space. And it's then really, we've gotten very, very good response. We started with the Northeast and we've expanded. Uh, we've just sat with national accounts like Target and Kroger. So it, it's going really well. And we've been in market in the U.S. formally for about
0: a year now. And you see the fruits of your labor.
1: Yes, it's so great because now the stores, uh, the retailers in the Northeast that took our products a year ago, they're coming back and they're, they're asking for more products. So maybe they didn't take the entire line or they only took one or two flavors. Now they're coming back and saying, you know, it's doing well. We want more. So it, it's been great. We're on our next round of flavor development. So we're coming out with new flavors in both our crispy bar and our baked bar. And we're, we're seeing great
0: response. So what comprises the entire line? As I mentioned, I said bites, bars, baked and crispy. We have those three forms. So the forms. crunchy bites uh-huh. are plant-based, they're, they're pea protein,
1: and they're savory snacks. So if you think about the savory snacks that that people are eating, they're not always really healthy, and a lot of them are high in carbs or sugar. So this is a great plant-based alternative, and we have two flavors in that line, barbecue and a uh, sea salt and and black pepper. And then we've got the crispy bars, which have a light, crispy texture, I think kind of rice crispy-ish. Uh-huh. And we've got a lemon flavor and a peanut butter chocolate flavor there. Mm. And then we have a baked bar, which is my favorite. It is a little, uh, it's like a, a, a rectangle cookie. I throw it in the microwave for 10 seconds in the morning, and it is so delicious. We've got a chocolate chip and um, a peanut butter in that. So what we want to do, too, is as people snack, they get tired of things. You know, people don't want to eat the same thing over and over again. They want different flavors. They want different textures. So it was really important to to us to come out with a line that really would satisfy that craving for variety.
0: You know, I was struck by something where you were talking about Mm -hmm. low carbs and low sugar. Where does salt figure into this? I don't salt my food, but I like salty things. I think the general jury is out on salt, but a lot of people do watch their sodium, so we want to be
1: conscious of it. In our bars, it's relatively low salt content, sodium content, and obviously in the crispy bars, or I'm sorry, in the, the bites with the savory flavors, there, there definitely is some salt in there. People like that salty, crunchy, savory, right. um, but it's not excessive.
0: In this merger with Atkins and Simply Protein, you're still developing and selling and marketing Atkins nutritional products in addition to the Simply Protein bars. They're different consumers. So the Atkins consumer is definitely
1: watching their carbs to a lower level. And so the Atkins products are quite low carb. And it is a different target. for so the Simply Protein target, that consumer is looking for cleaner labels, no artificial sweeteners. And um, again, they're not as worried about carbs. They're watching their carbs, but not to the same level that the Atkins consumer is. So this gets back to kind of the creative part that I was talking about earlier in, in that you really need to understand who your target is and they are definitely not competing with each
0: other. Different types of people looking for different products. So who's a simply protein typical target? Is it me or is it my young granddaughter or is it my millennial son? Well, we actually think it's not as much a
1: demographic target as what we would call a psychographic target. Somebody who wants to eat, you know, as close to natural as possible. They're looking for less processed foods. They're looking for natural ingredients. And that actually spans ages. In general, though, if I had to narrow it down, I would say it's someone, you know, 25 to 50 female who's buying things for her family, bringing them into her house. She's not an extreme athlete, but she tries to stay fit. She's trying to get fit and just trying to make better choices but also doesn't want to make things over complicated.
0: Have you thought about selling the products or offering the products in school cafeterias? You know we haven't gotten there yet. I think that's a great idea. You can use it and run with it. Don't feel you have to credit I can me with run that. With it.
1: <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I think it's a great idea because I do think this is something, you know, when I go and try to figure out and learn more about our consumer I will go and watch them eat their lunch. I've gone to high school cafeterias, grade school cafeterias, and see what kids are unpacking and see what, you know, what moms are putting in there. And this is a perfect product for someone to grab to take to work and keep in their desk, mm. for someone to throw in their bag on the way to a soccer game, and to throw into you know, their, their kids' lunch. So I think that's a great idea.
0: What about targeting folks who live in the inner city who may not have the healthiest eating habits? You
1: know, that's also a, a great thought. Um, I think with Simply Protein, um, what we really want to do is be as accessible as possible. So, you know, that means being in bodegas, being in, you know, where people can buy one bar and try it. right? And then they can go online and, and buy it in bulk online. And I think it is a lot about education too and helping people understand that you don't have to make that trade off. So yes, you know, candy bars taste great and then people, you know, people might buy a protein bar thinking it's a better choice, but it has as much sugar as the as the candy bar rather.
0: Um,
1: So this is about educating people to actually look at the labels and you don't need to read every single thing. But what should you care about? You know, based on your goals, your personal objectives, you know, most people do care about sugar. Most people are caring about protein. Check the protein label, see how much is in there, check the sugar label. And, and just, it is about educating it. And I don't know if you've, you've seen our packaging, but we try to make it as clear as possible so that you don't even need to flip the box over right on the front. I'm looking at my lemon uh, crispy bar right now, 15 grams of protein, 150 calories, three grams of sugar, seven grams of fiber. And then underneath it, no artificial, no, 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 non GMO, gluten free. That pretty much tells the whole story right there. So I do think the more that we can get into schools, get into inner cities, into the bodegas where people shop, and have just that, just our package tells the message.
0: I want to ask you also about the fact that this company is very female-focused in terms of its workforce. What's that like? You know, what's interesting is it's not a lot of people.
1: So uh, because we are working with the Atkins team, we do share some resources. We have one dedicated woman who does nothing but simply protein. We have women on our sales force who are very focused on this brand, but it, it definitely, where it helps is we can understand what the target is looking for. We can talk to them. We want to be where they're at. So, you know, whether they're shopping at Lululemon, whether they're at a Wanderlust, um, you know, event, or whether they're buying something for their kids on Zulily. We want to be where these women are and make sure that they know that, A, know that we're there, B, know that we taste good, Mm -hmm. and C, that we deliver the things they're looking for. So I think having that female focus internally just helps us be that much more intuitive, that much more creative in how we reach our audience. Well,
0: it's like walking a mile in my shoes.
1: Exactly. And we may not have the same shoes, but all we're right. all walking and we, we're not walking the same mile, but we do have that shared collective experience that we can tap into.
0: I am would be remiss if I didn't ask you, do you see uh, Simply Protein expanding its line to include other products? Uh, definitely. Definitely.
1: You know, we want to get the products that we've got really established nationally. Uh, As I mentioned, we've just gotten distribution in Kroger and Target. Uh, We're online. We've got a lot of uh, regional retailers. We want to get those established. We're working on additional flavors for the forms that we have right now. And then my R&D folks, they're they're just a great team of people, are looking at what else can we do with this? What what else do people want and need in this line?
0: How does one get Simply Protein Online. Where do we go? Well, there is simplyprotein.com. Simplyprotein.com, and we are also available on Amazon. We do
1: have a significant number of our purchases made online, especially um, the the, uh, the bites. Uh, those don't tend to be as widely available in retail outlets, so they're doing very well online. Um, but also, you can just check your local retailers. So, you know, we are at. Uh, Wakefern, Wegman, harris Teeter, Stop and Shop. Um, so we've got a really great regional presence, and we're working with those regional partners to, again, continue to build our line to, to drive awareness.
0: Well, that's terrific. We've run out of time, Linda, but I just want to say I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, grab a Simply Protein bar; They're delicious.
0: I want to thank you so much for talking about your career and your life. It was really very interesting. And it sounds like Simply Protein has been on its way and is only going to get to even greater heights. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.